Chapter Sixth of The Heart of Midlothian by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Bind her quickly, or by this steel I'll tell, although I truss for company. Fletcher the imperfect light which shone into the window enabled genie to see that there was scarcely any chance of making her escape in that direction for the aperture was high in the wall and so narrow that could she have climbed up to it she might well doubt whether it would have permitted her to pass her body through it an unsuccessful attempt to escape would be sure to draw down worse treatment than she now received and she therefore resolved to watch her opportunity carefully ere making such a perilous effort for this purpose she applied herself to the ruinous clay partition which divided the hovel in which she now was from the rest of the waste barn it was decayed and full of cracks and chinks one of which she enlarged with her fingers cautiously and without noise until she could obtain a plain view of the old hag and the taller ruffian whom they called levitt seated together beside the decayed fire of charcoal and apparently engaged in close conference she was at first terrified by the sight for the features of the old woman had a hideous cast of hardened and inveterate malice and ill-humour and those of the man though naturally less unfavourable were such as corresponded well with licentious habits and a lawless profession but i remembered said jeanie my worthy father's tales of a winter evening how he was confined with the blessed martyr mr james renwick who lifted up the fallen standard of the true reformed kirk of scotland after the worthy and renowned daniel cameron our last blessed bannerman had fallen among the swords of the wicked at Ersmos, and how the very hearts of the wicked malefactors and murderers whom they were confined withal were melted like wax at the sound of their doctrine and i bethought myself that the same help that was with them in their strait would be with me in mine and i could but watch the lord's time and opportunity for delivering my feet from their snare and i minded the scripture of the blessed psalmist whilk he insisteth on as well in the forty-second as in the forty-third psalm why art thou cast down o my soul and why art thou disquieted within me hope in god for i shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my god strengthened in a mind naturally calm sedate and firm by the influence of religious confidence this poor captive was enabled to attend to and comprehend a great part of an interesting conversation which passed betwixt those into whose hands she had fallen 
notwithstanding that their meaning was partly disguised by the occasional use of cant terms of which genie knew not the import by the low tone in which they spoke and by their mode of supplying their broken phrases by shrugs and signs as is usual amongst those of their disorderly profession the man opened the conversation by saying now dame you see i am true to my friend i have not forgot that you planked a churry which helped me through the bars of the castle of york and i came to do your work without asking questions for one good turn deserves another but now that madge who is as loud as tom of lincoln is somewhat still and this same tyburn neddy is shaking his heels after the old nag why you must tell me what this is all about and what's to be done for damn me if i touch the girl or let her be touched and she with jim rats pass too thou art an honest lad frank answered the old woman but even too good for thy trade thy tender heart will get thee into trouble i see ye gang up holborn hill backward and all on the word of some silly loon that you could never have wrapped to ye had ye drawn your knife across his weasand you may be balked there old one answered the robber i have known many a pretty lad cut short in his first summer upon the road because he was something hasty with his flats and sharps besides a man would fain live out his two years with a good conscience so tell me what all this is about and what's to be done for you that one can do decently why you must know frank but first taste a snap of right hollands she drew a flask from her pocket and filled the fellow a large bumper which he pronounced to be the right thing you must know then frank wanna ye mend your hand again offering the flask no no when a woman wants mischief from you she always begins by filling you drunk damn all dutch courage what i do i will do soberly i'll last the longer for that too well then you must know resumed the old woman without any further attempts at propitiation that this girl is going to london here jeanie could only distinguish the word sister the robber answered in a louder tone fair enough that and what the devil is your business with it business enough i think if the bitch queers the noose that silly cull will marry her and who cares if he does said the man who cares ye donnard neddy i care and i will strangle her with my own hands rather than she should come to madge's preferment madge's preferment does your old blind eyes see no farther than that if he is as you say do you think he'll ever marry a moon-calf like madge ecod that's a good one marry madge wildfire ha 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 hark ye ye crack rope patter born beggar and bread thief 
replied the hag suppose he never marries the wench is that a reason he should marry another and that other to hold my daughter's place and she crazed and i a beggar and all along of him but i know that of him will hang him i know that of him will hang him if he had a thousand lives i know that of him will hang 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 him she grinned as she repeated and dwelt upon the fatal monosyllable with the emphasis of a vindictive fiend then why don't you hang 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 him said frank repeating her words contemptuously there would be more sense in that than in wrecking yourself here upon two wenches that have done you and your daughter no ill no ill answered the old woman and he to marry this jailbird if ever she gets her foot loose but as there is no chance of his marrying a bird of your brood i cannot for my soul see what you have to do with all this again replied the robber shrugging his shoulders where there is aught to be got i'll go as far as my neighbours but i hate mischief for mischief's sake and would you go no length for revenge said the hag for revenge the sweetest morsel to the mouth that ever was cooked in hell the devil may keep it for his own eating then said the robber for hang me if i like the sauce he dresses it with revenge continued the old woman why it is the best reward the devil gives us for our time here and hereafter i have wrought hard for it i have suffered for it i have sinned for it and i will have it or there is neither justice in heaven or in hell levitt had by this time lighted a pipe and was listening with great composure to the frantic and vindictive ravings of the old hag he was too much hardened by his course of life to be shocked with them too indifferent and probably too stupid to catch any part of their animation or energy but mother he said after a pause still i say that if revenge is your wish you should take it on the young fellow himself i wish i could she said drawing in her breath with the eagerness of a thirsty person while mimicking the action of drinking i wish i could but no i cannot i cannot and why not you would think little of peaching and hanging him for this scotch affair rap me one might have milled the bank of england and less noise about it i have nursed him at this withered breast answered the old woman folding her hands on her bosom as if pressing an infant to it and though he has proved an adder to me though he has been the destruction of me and mine though he has made me company for the devil if there be a devil and food for hell if there be such a place yet i cannot take his life no i cannot she continued with an appearance of rage against herself i have thought of it i have tried it but francis levitt i canna gang through with it no no 
he was the first bairn i ever nursed ill i had been and man can never ken what woman feels for the bairn she has held first to her bosom to be sure said levitt we have no experience but mother they say you haven't been so kind to other bairns as you call them that have come in your way nay damn me never lay your hand on the whittle for i am captain and leader here and i will have no rebellion the hag whose first motion had been upon hearing the question to grasp the haft of a large knife now unclosed her hand stole it away from the weapon and suffered it to fall by her side while she proceeded with a sort of smile bairns ye are joking lad what would touch bairns madge poor thing had a misfortune with one and the t'other here her voice sunk so much that jeanie though anxiously upon the watch could not catch a word she said until she raised her tone at the conclusion of the sentence so madge in her daffin threw it into the norlock i trow madge whose slumbers like those of most who labour under mental malady had been short and were easily broken now made herself heard from her place of repose indeed mother that's a great lie for i did no sick thing hush thou hellicat devil said her mother by heaven the other wench will be waking too that may be dangerous said frank and he rose and followed meg murdockson across the floor rise said the hag to her daughter or i shall drive the knife between the planks into the bedlam back of thee apparently she at the same time seconded her threat by pricking her with the point of a knife for madge with a faint scream changed her place and the door opened the old woman held a candle in one hand and a knife in the other levitt appeared behind her whether with a view of preventing or assisting her in any violence she might meditate could not be well guessed jeanie's presence of mind stood her friend in this dreadful crisis she had resolution enough to maintain the attitude and manner of one who sleeps profoundly and to regulate even her breathing notwithstanding the agitation of instant terror so as to correspond with her attitude the old woman passed the light across her eyes and although jeanie's fears were so powerfully awakened by this movement that she often declared afterwards that she thought she saw the figures of her destined murderers through her closed eyelids she had still the resolution to maintain the feint on which her safety perhaps depended levitt looked at her with fixed attention he then turned the old woman out of the place and followed her himself having regained the outward apartment and seated themselves jeanie heard the highwayman say to her no small relief she's as fast as if she were in bedfordshire now old mag damn me if i can understand a glim of this story of yours or what good it will do you to hang the one wench and torment the other 
but rap me i will be true to my friend and serve ye the way ye like it i see it will be a bad job but i do think i could get her down to surfleet on the wash and so on board tom moonshine's neat lugger and keep her out of the way three or four weeks if that will please ye but damn me if any one shall harm her unless they have a mind to choke on a brace of blue plums it's a cruel bad job and i wish you and it mag were both at the devil never mind hinny lovett said the old woman you are a ruffler and will have all your own gate she shanna gang to heaven an hour sooner for me i carena whether she live or die it's her sister ay her sister well we'll say no more about it i hear tom coming in we'll couch a hogshead and so better had you they retired to repose accordingly and all was silent in this asylum of iniquity jeanie lay for a long time awake at break of day she heard the two ruffians leave the barn after whispering to the old woman for some time the sense that she was now guarded by persons of her own sex gave her some confidence and irresistible lassitude at length threw her into slumber when the captive awakened the sun was high in heaven and the morning considerably advanced madge wildfire was still in the hovel which had served them for the night and immediately bid her good morning with her usual air of insane glee and die can lass said madge there's queer things chanced since ye have been in the land of nod the constables have been here woman and they met with my minnie at the door and they whirled her away to the justices about the man's wheat dear the english churls think as muckle about a blade of wheat or grass as a scotch laird does about his mockins and his muirpoots now lass if ye like we'll play them a fine jink we will away out and take a walk they will make unco work when they miss us but we can easily be back by dinner-time or before dark night at any rate and it will be some frolic and fresh air but maybe ye would like to take some breakfast and then lie down again i can by myself there's whiles i can sit with my head in my hand the whole day and havena a word to cast at a dog and other whiles that i canna sit still a moment that's when the folk think me worst but i am i canny enough ye wouldna be feared to walk with me had madge wildfire been the most raging lunatic instead of possessing a doubtful uncertain and twilight sort of rationality varying probably from the influence of the most trivial causes jeanie would hardly have objected to leave a place of captivity where she had so much to apprehend she eagerly assured madge that she had no occasion for further sleep 
no desire whatever for eating and hoping internally that she was not guilty of sin in doing so she flattered her keeper's crazy humour for walking in the woods it's no altogether for that neither said poor madge but i am judging ye will one the better out of the folk's hands know that they are altogether bad folk neither but they have queer ways with them and i whiles dinna think it has ever been well with my mother and me since we kept sick-like company with the haste the joy the fear and the hope of a liberated captive jeanie snatched up her little bundle followed madge into the free air and eagerly looked round her for a human habitation but none was to be seen the ground was partly cultivated and partly left in its natural state according as the fancy of the slovenly agriculturalists had decided in its natural state it was waste in some places covered with dwarf trees and bushes in others swamp and elsewhere firm and dry downs or pasture grounds jeanie's active mind next led her to conjecture which way the high road lay whence she had been forced if she regained that public road she imagined she must soon meet some person or arrive at some house where she might tell her story and request protection but after a glance around her she saw with regret that she had no means whatever of directing her course with any degree of certainty and that she was still in dependence upon her crazy companion shall we not walk upon the high road said she to madge in such a tone as a nurse uses to coax a child it's brar walking on the road than among these wild bushes and whens madge who was walking very fast stopped at this question and looked at jeanie with a sudden and scrutinizing glance that seemed to indicate complete acquaintance with her purpose aha lass she exclaimed ye are going to guide us that gate ye'll be making your heels save your head i am judging jeanie hesitated for a moment on hearing her companion thus express herself whether she had not better take the hint and try to outstrip and get rid of her but she knew not in which direction to fly she was by no means sure that she would prove the swiftest and perfectly conscious that in the event of her being pursued and overtaken she would be inferior to the madwoman in strength she therefore gave up thoughts for the present of attempting to escape in that manner and saying a few words to allay madge's suspicions she followed in anxious apprehension the wayward path by which her guide thought proper to lead her madge infirm of purpose and easily reconciled to the present scene whatever it was began soon to talk with her usual diffuseness of ideas it's a dainty thing to be in the woods on a fine morning like this i like it far better than the town for there isna a wheen 
cuddy bairns to be crying after one as if one were a world's wonder just because one maybe is a thought bonnier and better put on than their neighbours though jeanie ye should never be proud of bra cloths or beauty neither woe's me they're but a snare i once thought better of them and what came of it are ye sure ye ken the way ye are taking us said jeanie who began to imagine that she was getting deeper into the woods and more remote from the high road do i ken the road was na i many a day living here and what for should not i ken the road i might have forgotten too for it was afore my accident but there are some things one can never forget let them try it as muckle as they like by this time they had gained the deepest part of a patch of woodland the trees were a little separated from each other and at the foot of one of them a beautiful poplar was a hillock of moss such as the poet of grasmere has described so soon as she arrived at this spot madge wildfire joining her hands above her head with a loud scream that resembled laughter flung herself all at once upon the spot and remained lying there motionless jeanie's first idea was to take the opportunity of flight but her desire to escape yielded for a moment to apprehension for the poor insane being who she thought might perish for want of relief with an effort which in her circumstances might be termed heroic she stooped down spoke in a soothing tone and endeavoured to raise up the forlorn creature she effected this with difficulty and as she placed her against the tree in a sitting posture she observed with surprise that her complexion usually florid was now deadly pale and that her face was bathed in tears notwithstanding her own extreme danger jeanie was affected by the situation of her companion and the rather that through the whole train of her wavering and inconsistent state of mind and line of conduct she discerned a general colour of kindness towards herself for which she felt gratitude let me alone let me alone said the poor young woman as her paroxysm of sorrow began to abate let me alone it does me good to weep i canna shed tears but maybe once or twice a year and i ay come to wet this turf with them that the flowers may grow fair and the grass may be green but what is the matter with you said jeanie why do you weep so bitterly there's matter enow replied the lunatic more than ye poor mind can bear i trow stay a bit and i'll tell you all about it for i like ye jeanie deans anybody spoke well about ye when we lived in the pleasance and i mind i the drink of milk ye gave me yon day when i had been on arthur's seat for four-and-twenty hours looking for the ship that somebody was sailing in 
these words recalled to jeanie's recollection that in fact she had been one morning much frightened by meeting a crazy young woman near her father's house at an early hour and that as she appeared to be harmless her apprehension had been changed into pity and she had relieved the unhappy wanderer with some food which she devoured with the haste of a famished person the incident trifling in itself was at present of great importance if it should be found to have made a favourable and permanent impression in her favour on the mind of the object of her charity yes said madge i'll tell ye all about it for ye are a decent man's daughter douse davy deans ye can and maybe ye'll can teach me to find out the narrow way and the straight path for i have been burning bricks in egypt and walking through the weary wilderness of sinai for long and many a day but whenever i think about mine errors i am like to cover my lips for shame here she looked up and smiled it's a strange thing now i have spoke more good words to you in ten minutes than i would speak to my mother in as many years it's no that i dinna think on them and whiles they are just at my tongue's end but then comes the devil and brushes my lips with his black wing and lays his broad black loof on my mouth for a black loof it is jeanie and sweeps away all my good thoughts and dits up my good words and puts a wheen fool sangs and idle vanities in their place try madge said jeanie try to settle your mind and make your breast clean and you'll find your heart easier just resist the devil and he will flee from you and mind that as my worthy father tells me there is no devil so deceitful as our own wandering thoughts and that's true too lass said madge starting up and i'll gang a gate where the devil durna follow me and it's a gate that you will like dearly to gang but i'll keep a fast hold of your arm for fear apollyon should stride across the path as he did in the pilgrim's progress accordingly she got up and taking jeanie by the arm began to walk forward at a great pace and soon to her companions no small joy came into a marked path with the meanders of which she seemed perfectly acquainted jeanie endeavoured to bring her back to the confessional but the fancy was gone by in fact the mind of this deranged being resembled nothing so much as a quantity of dry leaves which may for a few minutes remain still but are instantly discomposed and put in motion by the first casual breath of air she had now got john bunyan's parable into her head to the exclusion of everything else and on she went with great volubility did ye never read the pilgrim's progress 
and you shall be the woman christiana and i will be the maiden mercy for ye ken mercy was of the fairer countenance and the more alluring than her companion and if i had my little messen dog here it would be great heart their guide ye can for he was even as bald that he would bark at anything twenty times his size and that was even the death of him for he bit corporal macalpine's heels one morning when they were hauling me to the guard-house and corporal macalpine killed the bit faithful thing with his lockaber axe devil pike the highland banes of him oh fie madge said jeanie ye should not speak such words it's very true said madge shaking her head but then i mauna think of my poor bit doggy snap when i see it lying dying in the gutter but it's just as well for it suffered both cold and hunger when it was living and in the grave there is rest for all things rest for the doggy and my poor bairn and me your bairn said jeanie conceiving that by speaking on such a topic supposing it to be a real one she could not fail to bring her companion to a more composed temper she was mistaken however for madge coloured and replied with some anger my bairn ay to be sure my bairn what for shouldna i have a bairn and lose a bairn too as well as your bonny titty the lily of st leonard's the answer struck jeanie with some alarm and she was anxious to soothe the irritation she had unwittingly given occasion to i am very sorry for your misfortune sorry what would ye be sorry for answered madge the bairn was a blessing that is jeanie it would have been a blessing if it hadna been for my mother but my mother's a queer woman you see there was an old carl with a bit land and a good clat of siller besides just the very picture of old mr feeblemind or mr ready to halt that great heart delivered from slaygood the giant when he was rifling him and about to pick his bones for slaygood was of the nature of the flesh-eaters and great heart killed giant despair too but i am doubting giant despairs come alive again for all the story-book i find him busy at my heart whiles well and so the old carl said jeanie for she was painfully interested in getting to the truth of madge's history which she could not but suspect was in some extraordinary way linked and entwined with the fate of her sister she was also desirous if possible to engage her companion in some narrative which might be carried on in a lower tone of voice for she was in great apprehension lest the elevated tones of madge's conversation should direct her mother or the robbers in search of them and so the old carl said madge repeating her words i wish ye had seen him striding about off one leg on to the other with a kind of dot and go one 
sort of motion as if ilk one of his twa legs had belonged to sindry folk but gentle george could take him off brawly ay as i used to laugh to see george gang hip-hop like him i dinna ken i think i laughed heartier then than what i do now though maybe no just so muckle and who was gentle george said jeanie endeavouring to bring her back to her story oh he was geordie robertson ye ken when he was in edinburgh but that's no his right name neither his name is but what is your business with his name said she as if upon sudden recollection what have ye to do asking for folks names have ye a mind i should scour my knife between your ribs as my mother says as this was spoken with a menacing tone and gesture jeanie hastened to protest her total innocence of purpose in the accidental question which she had asked and madge wildfire went on somewhat pacified never ask folks names jeanie it's no civil i have seen half a dozen of folk in my mother's at once and never one of them called the other by his name and daddy ratton says it is the most uncivil thing may be because the bailey bodies are aye asking fashion's questions when ye saw sick a man or sick a man and if ye dinna ken their names ye ken there can be no more speared about it in what strange school thought jeanie to herself has this poor creature been bred up where such remote precautions are taken against the pursuits of justice what would my father or reuben butler think if i were to tell them there are sick folks in the world and to abuse the simplicity of this demented creature oh that i were but safe at home among my own leal and true people and i'll bless god while i have breath that placed me amongst those who live in his fear and under the shadow of his wing she was interrupted by the insane laugh of madge wildfire as she saw a magpie hop across the path see there that was the gate my old joe used to cross the country but no just so lightly he hadna wings to help his old legs i trow but i behooved to have married him for all that jeanie or my mother would have been the dead of me but then came in the story of my poor bairn and my mother thought he would be deaved with its skirling and she put it away in below the bit borock of turf yonder just to be out of the gate and i think she buried my best wits with it for i have never been just myself since and only think jeanie after my mother had been at all these pains the old doited body johnny droddle turned up his nose and wouldna have aught to say to me but it's little i care for him for i have led a merry life ever since and never a broad gentleman looks at me but ye would think he was goin to drop off his horse for mere love of me i have kenned some of them 
put their hand in their pocket and give me as muckle as sixpence at a time just for my well-favoured face this speech gave jeanie a dark insight into madge's history she had been courted by a wealthy suitor whose addresses her mother had favoured notwithstanding the objection of old age and deformity she had been seduced by some profligate and to conceal her shame and promote the advantageous match she had planned her mother had not hesitated to destroy the offspring of their intrigue that the consequence should be the total derangement of mind which was constitutionally unsettled by giddiness and vanity was extremely natural and such was in fact the history of madge wildfire's insanity End of chapter sixth